a special brewery showcase episode of Brutal Battle. Yeah, so that is uh, Mr. Kyle Norman, who people know pops on once or twice a year. Depending on when we get together. Yeah. And I always hope for more, but, you know, <laughs> it ends up being what it is. So this is a, this truly is a, I know I always say like special brewery showcase episode of, but this truly is a special one for two reasons. One, Kyle Norman's on it. Okay, so actually three reasons. Yeah. One, Kyle Norman's on it. Two, Kyle Norman did all the prep work for it and provided the beers. So that's very special for me personally. He has no clue what it is. And that's the third component. I don't even know what the brewery is yet. I, I see five beers lined up in front of me uh, in glasses, so I don't know what the beers are. But I have no idea what it is. So what I'm going to do off the bat is make three guesses at what I think the brewery could be just knowing Kyle. <laughs> And then we'll find out if I'm right. He'll tell us immediately what the brewery is, and then we'll, he'll give us all the info. We'll taste the beers, and we'll definitely have fun. Yeah, sure. So, also, two things just to let people know with the audio. One, it's probably more echoey because we're at the beach and it's not my house, so I can't really control that. Uh, so, actually, three things. The second thing is I may sound kind of stuffy. For some reason, at the beach, my... Uh, allergies are worse this time around than at home, which usually it's the opposite, but I don't know. So sorry about that. And then the other thing is people may be popping in and out because they're being at the, yeah. at the beach, got to come go to the bathroom. So um, you might hear stuff in the background depending, but I might be able to cut some out. We'll see. But uh, yeah, let's get to it. My guesses. All right, let's hear them. So my primary guess is Tired Hands. Tired Hands. Now, the reason why he guesses Tired Hands is because they, they have their Dudley Direct. Mm-hmm. That ships to places in Pennsylvania now. Yeah, uh, that is a wonderful guess. It is not Dudley. It is not Tired Hands. Okay. So and but Dudley Direct is kind of like a it's their like a thing. micro distributor in it, a sense. Yeah, I don't know why they do that because even the another guess that he's going to have. Well, no, Levante. Oh yeah, because no, even guess. theirs has their Mercury shipping or whatever. So yeah. I don't I don't know if it's some way for them to get around a law. That's or possible. if it is some sort of like their own distribution thing that they're going to try to distribute other breweries yeah. or I don't, I don't know why they, they have the different, different names. Yeah. I don't know. But it is not tired hands though. Sorry. Okay. Then my other two guesses were new trail. Okay. And, and dancing gnome. Two great guesses. Uh, dancing gnome. It is not. Okay. It is not dancing gnome. Cause I gave you those beers so that you could yes. try them on your own and tired hands. It is not Tired Hands either. All three of your guesses were incorrect this no time. No Tired Hands, no New Trail, no Dancing Gnome. Okay. Correct. So you want to know what it is then? Yes. All right. So a, few, well, a couple weeks ago, I get a text message from my buddy Matt, and he's like, hey, he's like, uh, DA's up in Massachusetts. So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, that's wonderful. Yeah. So DA's are, are um, my calculus teacher at school, and... Oh, text them back. He's like, yeah, he's like, I, I want a couple things. He's like, but Norm's going to want some stuff too. So yeah. he texted me and I told him, just get me whatever. So all these beers that you see are courtesy of my calculus teacher at school and they are from <laughs> Treehouse Brewing, sir. As you, when you said Massachusetts, I started searching in my head yeah. and I was like, I have a feeling this could be Treehouse yeah. based off the Massachusetts thing. Yep. Um, that's pretty pretty exciting. I, I know it's. I, I'm I'm really wow. excited for it, and I have purposely not drank any of these yet because I knew we were nice. going to do this episode. Awesome. For two cool. reasons: number one, I didn't want to try them before, so I could give like honest opinions yeah. as we're doing this, and number two, I didn't want to tip you off to what it was. Yeah, yeah. Because I, if I started checking in Treehouse stuff from 
you know, on oh, Untapped. Yeah, yeah. You would have, you would definitely would have been like, ah, oh, it might be, it might be Treehouse yeah. too. Actually, so. I don't, I don't watch Untapped super closely, so you uh, okay. may have been okay. But yeah, I appreciate yeah. the the covert way you went about <laughs> things, and I'm like very excited now that I have five Treehouse beers yeah. in front of me, and they're all not just hazy, crazy yeah. juice bombs. Like, it looks like three of them are, three of them are gonna be, and two of them are. One of them's dark. Yeah, one of them's stout. Yeah, and the other one looks like maybe a lager, pilsner, or something. I don't yes. Know. So, do you, let's get into the first beer so you okay. can try a little bit of beer. Now yeah. I'll give you some background sure. on the on Treehouse. Yeah, man. So the first beer is called Trail Magic. It is their German style pilsner. It comes in at five point two percent ABV. Thank goodness. Yeah. When I when he normally I'm not a huge pilsner guy, but I know Carlin is. So that's why I was like, Liking I gotta, pills. I gotta make sure to bring this. So that what they have on their website. Is it's another foray, foray into crispy, refreshing lagers. Trail Magic pours a brilliant yellow in the glass with a puffy white head, which I I totally agree with. I mean, it's it is a yellow, very yep. yellowy pilsner, and that head when I poured it was pretty fluffy white. Lots of little tiny bubbles, and was definitely really really white, like a cloud. It looks like there's kind of like a slight haze to it, but I don't yeah. know if it's like a chill haze. I think it's, I think it's a chill haze. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it looks like a pills. Yeah. So, and then they said, Noble hops mingle with clean, cracker-like malt base, resulting in a most refreshing beverage. A bit of spice with a soft but dry finish, providing balance, making trail magic hard to put down. Clean and crispy, just the way we like them. A beer that takes takes the edge off of these hot summer days. Which is good for today, because it's, like, it's supposed to be high 80s today or yeah. something like that. So. Perfect. Yeah, so let's give this a try. Like I said, I've never had a Pilsner from Treehouse. No, all, me neither. All I've ever had from Treehouse are the juice bombs. I will tell great, you, but. speaking of breweries that have that are known for, you know, hazy IPAs, um, Trillium, when we were up at Trillium, I know we talked about it on the podcast, they had a line of, like, pilot batches of a bunch of Pilsners, and nice. they were really good. Nice. So. This one smells like a Pilsner, man. Yeah. You can smell that bready, yep. Pilsnery malt. I see what you're saying about, like, the spice. Mm-hmm. Like, there is, like, a little bit of an earthy spice mm-hmm. character to it. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, um, Noble Hops. Yeah, did it say, Yeah, it said Noble Hops. Oh, it did? Yep, yeah, Noble yeah. Hops mingle with a clean, cracker-like malt base. It smells like a Pilsner to me, man. We'll yeah, s- clean, see. crisp. Mm-hmm. Definitely that Pilsner character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super, it's, super clean. Yeah. And I am glad that it's a German-style Pilsner, not the Czech-style Pilsner. Because mm-hmm. the Czech-style Pilsners get a little funky for me. Yeah, I can see that. Whereas the Germans are a little bit cleaner, a little bit easier to drink. For me, anyway. I know some people prefer Czech, but I prefer the German Pils. So, I will say this. It's not my favorite Pilsner I've ever had, but mm-hmm. it is a good Pilsner. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice. The problem is... People know. I've talked about this on the podcast. I, I'm, like, in love with Union Brewing's mm-hmm. Skipjack Pilsner, which is which they categorize as a bohemian Pilsner. I don't know the difference there. but I have um, no clue. It, theirs is so, like, it's light, it's refreshing, but it's got, like, a ton of flavor. Mm-hmm. And the, the body is more than you typically get with your, with your like, easy Pilsner. Yeah. Um, this one is a little lighter. Yeah, this is definitely on the lighter side. Yeah. So... You know, Skipjack being my favorite Pilsner, the problem is I kind of just subconsciously 
compare every pilsner to, to skipjack yeah or so it's or, yeah. or pony pills like that's another great pilsner pony very good yeah Oh, yeah. yeah, this, I mean, like you say, it's a great beer, cool. and it really would be great for a hot summer day. Like, take this down I like it. to the beach or to the boardwalk where it is, you know, almost 90, and just sit there and sip on it, and that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, or great after yard work beer or something like that. Yeah, it's easy. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I could see some people who are into Pilsners being very happy with this beer, especially mm-hmm. if they've not had Skipjack before. <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would drink more of this. Well, I mean, I will drink more of this. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right, so a little little background on some Treehouse for you here. So Treehouse was founded in 2011 by Dean Rohan, Nate Lanier, L-A-N-I-E-R, and Damien Goudreau. Started in Brimfield, Massachusetts, then moved to Monson to a family farm, a farm after a zoning dispute. Oh, so apparently, yeah, their their original place where they were they were where they were actually going to start brewing from, uh, there was some sort of zoning dispute and they couldn't figure it out. So they ended wow. up moving the whole operation up to a family farm, and that's where it kind of huh. opened and kind of took off. Yeah, because pictures I've seen of the current facility looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. Okay, yeah. So there's there's actually three facilities now, which oh I'll my get to. Gosh. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I just knew about the really big one. Right. So we're we're getting there. So. Um, so in 2014, they expanded the brewery six times its original size to produce 900 gallons of beer at a time. So that original brewery in Monson, they expanded it six times to be able to brew tons and tons Jeez. more beer. Now, that was their original facility. Now that, like I said, they have three. So Monson, which is the original, has been churning away and amassing a stockpile of barrel age creations that will emerge sporadically as they mature from a lengthy slumber. So... The original one is now kind of like a barrel house, it sounds like, mm-hmm. and they're just putting stuff away and kind of releasing it little by little. Um, I know that the last one, the number five that we have here, they did produce some barrel-aged versions of that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So that's probably what they have hiding away there. Mm. So after that, that's uh, after talking about the first brewery, let's... There is more of each of these, correct? Yes, there is. So I can just finish the... Okay. I'm yeah, if you want to. You can. Well, I'll, I'll leave just a little bit for now because if I want to... Because the ranking at the end, I might have to yeah, go that's, backwards. That's why I left a little bit. So, number two. Okay. And your glass is a beer called Seven. Seven, seven is a double IPA at at 8.6% per, percent ABV. And the, uh, the descriptions that I'm reading you are the descriptions that they gave me on the website. Mm-hmm. So... We'll see if it matches. Oh, or not. don't. Um, or do you want to try it and then I'll read the description? Don't do the flavor notes. Well, how about we try it? Yeah, give let's our flavor do that. notes and then yeah. I'll, I'll read. I, I want to guess on these. Okay. Um, it looks like <laughs> oh, that smell. It looks like, as people would say, orange juice. Dat juice, brah. <laughs> or dat juice, brit. Yeah. Did you just call me a brazier? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean. Uh. I mean, if people know what hazy IPAs look like, that's what it is. You can't it, see through it. It just looks like juicy. Like It looks like pineapple juice, kind yes, of. Yeah. So. And it smells like a Jesus. juice bomb. Like, holy crap. Yeah. That smell is amazing. Orange and mango and just tons I, and tons of fruit. And I guess that's one of the things I kind of have to say right now is that I know from time to time I'll rail against the New England style IPA, mm-hmm. the hazy IPAs, and just kind of say... You know, it's just not personally for me, typically. Although in certain instances when people do it really well, I really like it. But I'll be damned if 
the nose on hazy IPAs are not some of the best noses on beers out there. They're amazing. And this is one of those examples. It's just like citrus, a little tropicality, um, maybe a little bit of pine in there. Slight at the end. Uh, Yeah, I would would say a little bit of pine. But I mean, with with the hops, you're not always going to get just citrus. So a little bit of pine. I can't say it smells yeasty, but yeasty. I get like citrus, and like you say, that little bit of pine at the end, that yeah. little spicy pine or something. It smells really good. Though. Yeah. Now I, I am awesome. a I am a big fan of the New England style IPAs. I really enjoy the the big juice bombs with the oats and stuff like that. Can't, so. I cannot blame you for it at all. So what's it? What's it taste like? It tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it tastes like it smells basically. Hmm. I do get more of the pine in the taste, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, it, it's, and it's more juicy. up front than you would assume, because on the nose, you're just getting it mainly at the end, so I would assume that it would just be a, like a slight little touch on the end of it, but it's pretty sustained throughout. It's like a mix of citrus and pine together, mm-hmm. um, and actually maybe a little more on the pine than the citrus. Yeah, a little bit. And you can you can definitely tell it's a double IPA, because right at the tip mm-hmm. of your tongue, yeah. you get a little bit of that astringency, Yep. and then just pine, and just citrus, and just... It's nice. What's the ABV on this? It tastes like seven and a half. Eight point six. Eight point. Okay. So it's yeah. So it's a little little bigger. It's a little. I mean, it's it's a little thicker than I thought it would be, Mm -hmm. which I guess makes sense for being imperial. Yeah. Um. So it's almost like a slight bit chewy. Yeah, I know. But I'm fine. Like I like kind of chewy, hoppy beers. So and and a lot of times they'll use like oats. And the mm-hmm. these big New England IPAs and those oats always give it that kind of increased mouth feel. It's Is that um, from the lipids. It's from the proteins. The proteins. Yeah, the yes. proteins and stuff that the that are in the oats. Yeah, the lipids are would be fats and they would kill the head. Okay, that's right. Yeah, it's okay. the proteins that help to I get coagulate confused. things. Yeah, I, it's not a good word, but <laughs> I get confused from time to time between what the proteins do versus what the lipids do in beers. Mm-hmm. I need to revisit reading. I, by the way, I did read Charlie Papazian's homebrewing book. Yeah, uh, it's been a few years, but I don't brew. But uh, I just figured I should read it just to yeah, just I'm, to know. I'm reading a book. It's called Designing Craft Great Craft Beers or something like that right now, nice. and it's focusing a lot on just like what what everything does and what everything is and how to you know hit target ABVs and target colors and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So sweet. It's a really cool book, even if uh, you know I I do suck at brewing. It's still fun to yeah, read but and find and fun to know about. Everyone who brews has sucked at brewing at some point, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, I that's mean, I very like, true. I mean, I sucked. I did one batch and I sucked and I just quit. Yeah. You keep going. Yeah. Admirable. Yeah. So. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the Little League games where, you know, somebody's winning eight to nothing. They're not quite ten run rolled yet. Mm-hmm. I'm the nothing. <laughs> like, I'm not quite 10 run rolled yet. I'm still in the game, but just barely. Not yet slaughtered. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the ump hasn't called the game yet, so. All right, so seven. So we're super excited to share this singular milestone marking beer with you. Seven is a treehouse double IPA brewed in celebration of our seventh anniversary. Uh, that makes sense. It, it utilizes heavy hot side and cold side doses of Warrior, Citra, Galaxy, and Amarillo. Mm. With an oat and dextrin malt heavy base beer to create a thick double IPA with insane notes of pineapple, passion fruit, orange creamsicle, melon soda, and pink bubblicious. 
Yeah, I didn't get all of that. I didn't get all of that, but the bubbleish. Some of no. it I definitely did. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get gum. <laughs> the pineapple, yeah, I see mm-hmm. the pineapple. Um, what do they say? Orange creamsicle? I'm yeah. not so sure about that. Like the orange aspect of that, sure. The but it's not part. like lactose mm-hmm. or vanilla y or anything, so no. No, nah, and a little bit of melon. I would say a little bit of melon in there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I took another sip. I could see that. Yeah. So it has a rich mouthfeel and tight carbonation that is both gentle and pleasing to feel on the tongue. This beer is a cornucopia of fruity hop flavors, the likes of which we have never brewed before. Thank you for your continued support and for giving us the opportunity to continue pursuing our passion, which I thought was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like it when breweries put flowery words in there, in a sense. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, just a nice little thank you. Here's here's our seven-year anniversary beer, which is kind of neat. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about their next brewery that they opened up. Mm -hmm. So the next brewery was was opened in 2017 and is internationally known as the – or internally, excuse me, internally known as the Juice Machine. And it's their brewery at Carlton, C-H-A-R-L-T-O-N. Charlton? Charlton. Yeah, I don't know how they uh, say it up there. Yeah. Charlton. Charlton, yeah. <laughs> Probably. They just kind of slur everything together. Yeah. So this is our our highly capable, state-of-the-art, environmentally supportive facility has been making our acclaimed beer better than ever at a scale for more people than ever to enjoy. This was the second brewery that is a 53,000-square-foot brewery and was and was built at a cost of about $18.5 million. Ugh. It can produce 60,000 barrels per year. <laughs> yeah, so it's a pretty decent-sized facility. Yeah. But here's the thing. They're selling out, too, like all the time. Like I've seen, oh, yeah. I've seen the social media posts of people standing in line at this facility, and it sells out. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I won't say that it necessarily sells out every single day, because I'm sure that's not the case. The cans sell out. Yeah. Yes. A lot of times, yeah, they're selling out. Yeah, because I know even when um, DA got, got me these... He said that they were in line for like an hour and a half. And he yeah. said that they – he still got stuff. But I know he said that they they were starting dwindling. to run low. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and that's why I'm particularly thankful to that individual because standing yeah. in line for an hour and a half is not nothing. And I, I know I've said it on the podcast before. I don't have a desire to stand in line for beer for that long. <laughs> but I am very thankful to people who will do that on my behalf. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that individual didn't know it would be on my behalf. Right, but right. But you're benefiting it from it. Which yes, is, definitely. So thank you for your hard work, sir. Yeah. And actually, he, he <laughs> went up for a uh, Boston's Red Sox game or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. It was huh. him and another couple. That's cool. Uh, yeah, him and his wife and another couple. And he said that he doesn't he doesn't care about beer. Like, he bought a case of Bass Ale. Like, oh. And he thought that was, like, <laughs> top of the line. But... Um, yeah, he said that he that the friend is what really liked it, and they're uh, like, "Oh, since we're near a treehouse, let's go." And he said that after forty five minutes in line, he was like, "Holy shit!" He's like, "What is this?" Well, he's like, "I'm in for the long haul now," yeah. but he oh, said yeah. he was not expecting. It's a commitment, right? Well, yeah. So, did he try the beers then? Yes, he did try some. And is yeah. he converted now? No, he's oh, not. I mean, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, he's no, still old give, it yeah. give it time. Give it time. I don't. I don't think he'll convert, but yeah, but it's all right. All right. So the next beer is it's called super treat and this is also another imperial ipa looks like it it yep, looks exactly almost exactly the same uh, as the as seven but it's a little less hazy this one smells more <clears throat> resiny and earthy too it's not quite as citrusy 
But there is citrus. Oh, yeah. There's definitely citrus. <clears throat> Any of these New England IPAs are going to have a ton of citrus yeah. to them. But I see I what get, you're saying, I though. get more resin, earthy, yeah. spicy character yeah. Slight out of this spice one. On it. Yeah. I get a little mango yeah. to it, actually. Which, for me, I know I've said it before, like, for me, mango smell and taste is kind of like a, a nice mixture of citrus and pine. Yes. So... It's just how that fruit is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I can pick out. It smells delicious. Yeah. Low bitterness, as you would expect. Yeah, hmm. and I definitely get some of those those spicy characteristics out of it. Yeah. Still Me some too. still some good citrus and still some more tropical. A little more towards the end on, Ooh, on yeah. this one. There's a, lot, nice. there's a lot more pine to it. There's a lot more of a spice character. Like, mm-hmm. it it almost hits you at the end like rye, in a sense. Yeah, a little bit. Like some flaked rye in there, but... Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, it is... Do you want to guess the ABV on it? Um... It seems like more than seven. Okay. Than than the beer seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it seems like more than that to me. So you said that one was an eight point six. That one was an eight point six. Yeah. So this one would lead me to like a nine and a half based on that. It is eight point three. It's actually lower. It's lower. It tastes higher. Yeah. Like there's more of an of, of a astringency, which actually I would mm. say is probably because of that spice. I think the spice character kind of carries the astringency a little bit more than citrus would. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your mouth does kind of confuse it a little bit more for for astringency. At least mine does. But I think if you you go back... I would taste more. Focus on the tip of your tongue and breathe out after you take a drink of number two, and you get that astringency more over over three. But three definitely has mm -hmm. that spicy character. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. they're both still around the same, yeah, same yeah. APV. They're very close. So Super Treat is a riff on Treat utilizing even larger kettle and dry hop additions applied to a richer, denser base beer than Treat. It is intended to coax sweet hop candy flavors from a blend of citrus forward American hops paired with our house yeast. Uh, saturated flavors of orange, robust, sweet tangerine, says lychee, which I don't even know what the hell lychee tastes like. An unfiltered, fresh-squeezed orange juice play nicely with a gently carbonated body, leading to a beer that is intensely enjoyable and immensely drinkable. I don't know. Our house yeast provides juicy fruit, gum, and melon overtones throughout. It is a super treat indeed. I will tell you that lychee, for reference, to me, tastes a little bit like a um, kind of less robustly flavored sweet pear. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah. I don't know if I get sweet pear. Yeah, out of that, but I don't either. But then it's also been a while since I've had lychee. I'm just basing it off my last experience, which was years <laughs> ago. I don't, I'm not in the habit of eating lychee fruit. Yeah, that's so. okay. Or right. lychee, as some people say. Oh, I don't really? Know. Is that how you your choice? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really bad at pronunciations of things, so I don't have a clue. All right, so the last facility that they just opened up is the Farm and Fermentory. Hmm. Fermentory. Fermentary. But it says O-R-Y, so fermentory. I don't know. Anyway, so Treehouse now owns and operates a 100-acre working farm 
ripe with over 60 acres of agriculturally primed soil, grazing pasture for grass-fed cattle, mm. an existing produce and flower program, an appreciable number of heirloom apple trees, oh. and a vast expanse of land to be cultivated and planted for many years to come. They did say on the website that they are doing these heirloom varieties of apples and just they have an orchard there. Mm-hmm. So they are going to start getting into some ciders. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, um, what are they doing with these things they're growing yeah. on this land? Yeah, they, they said they're going to do a lot of like fresh-pressed ciders cool. just to like sell like farmer's markets or sure. at their brewery or whatever. Um, but then they said they are going to get into some ciders. That sounds um, cool. The one blog I read said that that's what they're that, that was their plan anyway. I would try it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I love ciders and hard ciders. I love yeah. them both. Yeah. So. Yep. A significant portion of the farm will be set aside for a long-term orchard project and planting and planted with fruit-bearing trees and bushes including but not limited to apples, peaches, pears, plums, cherries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, gooseberries, jostaberries. I don't know what the hell those are either. Mm. Black currants and more to serve both fresh farm stand sales and our eclectic fermentation program. In addition to pursuing a barrel room for the fermentation, conditioning, and fruiting of various beverages, we will be pressing fresh cider to be set aside for fermentation and for fresh unpasteurized consumption. So they do they have a souring arm of Treehouse yet? I could not find any information on that. Because as far as I know, they're only doing... Well, as some people in the industry say, clean beers. Oh, yeah. It's it's no, like, wild With, fermentation or sour right. stuff. Without the, the bacteria. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Um, yeah. I so, don't know but, if they do that or But not. I would think based on all that fruit they're growing, that's a prime opportunity. To start getting into it. Yeah, to start doing it because... What what better thing are you going to do with fruit than makes fruited sour beers? Yeah, that would be that be would be amazing. wonderful. Yeah, and I mean most of their other beers they do are pretty good. Yeah. So why not try something new and why not expand a little bit? Yeah. But yeah, I could not find anything about them getting into sours. Yeah. But I'm with you with all those do it. with all those bushes and trees and fruit that they're going to start growing. Seems like a good logical step. I mean, Bissell Brothers mainly just yeah. known for. Um, hazy IPAs, mm-hmm. but do great straight styles. If people know that from our wrap up episode mm-hmm. from when we went to Portland, um, they had they're getting into sours too. So you know you can easily make that step. Yeah, well, for okay, sure. I won't say easily. I'm sure there's a <laughs> lot of work that goes into that. Yeah, that's all right. All right. So number four, this is uh, very green. Mm. Now I, the information that I'm going to give you may not. Be the same beer. Okay. Uh, the <laughs> the information on the website just said very green, not spelled funny or anything like that. On the can, it says very G G G R E E N N. So I'm assuming it's the same beer. They just Probably. didn't put the pronunciation out. Yeah. Or, or spell it out like that. So I'm assuming it's the same beer, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So mm-hmm. just a little disclaimer that it might be yeah. a little bit off. All right. So let's dig into this one. See. So I do remember we... When Rebecca and I went to Treehouse and met those random people who were very nice and gave us two Treehouse beers, mm-hmm. it was Julius and Green. Yeah. So this should be... This is very green. A yes. derivation of that? Correct. This is the double. Yep. Green okay. is just a single, I believe. I mean, the color is doesn't really need to be commented no, on. It looks like a hazy IPA. Yeah. The, or double in this sense. Yeah. Two, three, and four are all basically the same colors. So the nose on this one is lighter. Than the last two, I feel. 
Yes. And it's also sweeter. Yeah. It smells a little, like a slight bit sugary, but it's like kind of like a nice, like a sugary citrus candy. Yes. Okay. It smells good, and I I feel uh, I feel like I smell a bit more of a bitterness to this one than the last two. There's obviously not a lot of bitterness there, but yeah, I'll have to I, see in the flavor. But um, it I smells mean, nice. I, I hate to say it, but every once in a while with like really hoppy beers, I get a little bit of like a almost soapy smell. Okay, and I think I get a little yep. bit of a soapy smell out of this. Yeah, I could see exactly what you're talking I, about. I don't think I'm right. going to taste soapy, but I think it smells just a little bit like that. But yeah, like like you said before, a little sweeter, maybe a little more bitter. No, it actually does taste a little soapy to me. Uh, does it? Yeah, on so the finish. Sometimes those hops, yeah. once you once you get enough of them in, we'll do that once in a while. Which, that's kind of weird. But, there's a lot of citrus up front. It's like orangey, and, but there is also uh, that pine character, which has been in the other two as well. Yeah. I, I don't get the soapy on the flavor. This Slight one, spice. This one is much lighter bodied. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's much easier to drink. It's not as thick. You're right, that number two... Or number, well, our number two, but the beer seven was definitely thicker, definitely heavier. This one's a little bit lighter, easier to drink. I kind of feel like I got some alcohol through my nose after my third sip on that. Yeah. I don't have the ABV on this one, so I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up on Untapped and see if they have it there. Because that, that seems like the most alcoholic one at the moment. Yeah. But then again, with my guess on the last one, maybe it's the lowest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, that those three double IPAs, they're probably all about the same. It's probably right in yeah. that... 8.3. I say it's right, probably yeah. right in that 8.3 to 8.7 yeah. mark, so... But this is a good illustration, to be honest, of perception of alcohol. It's not just about how much alcohol is in there, it's also about the construction of the beer mm-hmm. and how you can perceive it. Yeah. And it's not just about what is the actual height. Because, I mean, obviously, if you think back to really big beers we've had on this podcast before, there have been times when we're like, that's 15%. It yeah. tastes like no more than 10. <laughs> yeah. And that's a big, big difference. Yeah. So. Uh, that, that, the very green is also pretty drying. It my, is. My tongue's kind of dry from that. You... Which is, which kind of goes along with you saying about perceiving the alcohol more. Because mm-hmm. anytime my mouth gets dry like that, I always assume it's a higher ABV beer. Yeah, and you definitely hit on something with it being as drying as it is. You could probably put this in front of me the way it is without any pretext mm-hmm. and say that's a brute IPA, like someone's take on no. a brute IPA. I, don't, I wouldn't say that because because it, it's very because for me, what characterizes my my what I taste mainly in brute IPAs is just being super drying. Yeah, they, that's the yeast that they use. It should be mm-hmm. a brute champagne yeast that they use. Yeah, um, and I know there's some breweries who said that do some shady things. Yeah, but like I, I always think more heavily carbonated. I think a little bit lighter. Um, I don't always get the real drying with brute IPAs, but a lot of times you're right. Yeah, especially because of that yeast, you do get a little bit of drying with it. But and people do their own the most hi- part, I... hybrids of all yeah. sorts of stuff, and we'll just call it something. Yeah. <laughs> well, dogfish last night they had what a a brute. Grisette, rosé, yeah. something, something, something. Which is good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, dogfish is always good. Oh, yes. So, very green. This treehouse double IPA is created with a massive kettle and dry hop punch of Australian and American hops. It opens in the glass with huge notes of ripe pineapple, pithy citrus, and dank saturated hops. I would agree with most of those. 
I don't get a ton of pineapple, but definitely that pithy citrus and that dank, yeah, saturated I, hops. I think the dank is a really good call on yeah. this one, for yep. sure. That's actually a term I haven't used in describing <laughs> beers in some time, but I do think that fits it. Yeah, I'm agreed. For sure. I'm agreed. As it warms, it shows its depth and complexity. Sweet bits of malt intermingle with a straight Tropicana juice. It has a soft but pointed bitterness and a rich, velvety mouthfeel. A thick, meringue-like head and dense yellow body contributes to a beer that is beautiful as it is delicious. A true one-of-a-kind. So, it did have a nice a nice thick white head yeah. when I poured it. Yeah, yeah. As you're giving information and I'm listening, I'm also going through and retasting all four of the uh-huh. first beers here. Nice. To kind of start getting an order mm-hmm. of ranking in my mind. Yeah. The, it's not easy. No. <laughs> no that's the problem. Those... Those hazy New England-style IPAs are all going to be very close for yeah, me. Yeah, they're super close. Yeah. But it, it does amaze me, though, that even though those are all big New England-style hazy IPAs, that they all do taste different, which is kind of cool. Like, the, there oh, are some yeah, similarities because no. they're the same style, but they all do have their own their own personality, almost. Yeah. Well, so and it's kind of neat. And that kind of goes back to the to what people should be thinking is that you know, an IPA is not just an IPA. Yeah. Like, even if it's the same style of IPA, like New England style or West Coast style or whatever, even if people even have the same recipe, it's going to be different. Yeah. From brewery to bre- from brewery to brewery, if for nothing else other than the water they decide to use. Water's a big factor. Yeah. I mean. Yeast. Yeah. All sorts of things. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so uh, a little bit more information here, and then we'll get into the last beer. This is the last bit of information I have. So Treehouse is highly acclaimed. Untapped has rated them as the eighth best brewery in the United States, and they hold three of the top ten beers on Beer Advocate, which was kind of cool. Not surprised. Yeah. And, I, and I, I was like, I don't know if that's true. So I got onto Beer Advocate. Sure shit. Three out of the top ten, and I believe it was like five out of the top 20 or something like that. And actually, this very green was one of the top 20, which wow. was which was kind of cool. And just so everybody knows, yes, there is an actual treehouse at the original brewery, which is where the name came from. So another little quick blurb that um, you know pretty much came from their website. Um, well, snippets of it came from their website. So Treehouse focuses on quality for their beers. All of their malts are done in the U.S. and kept in humidity and temperature-controlled vaults until it's ready to be used, which I think speaks to why. Part of the reason why they're such a good brewery is because they care for that product the whole way through, from beginning to end. I know there are breweries, and I know it's not probably not a ton of them, breweries out there who will kind of let hops just kind of sit, not refrigerated, and then just... Be like, oh, we can make this, and they've been sitting there for like a month or something just like that. Yeah. And you can taste that in the beer. Like, yeah. you can taste when hops have been degraded. Yeah. So it is important if you want to make a really good tasting fresh, also fresh tasting like IPA or any beer that has decent hopping to it, if you just keep that refrigerated. Yeah. So, you know. Plus, yeah. if you have a hop fridge... Mm-hmm. Walking in there is great for two oh, reasons: one, cooling off, and two, smells. just smelling all the beautiful hops. Uh, I love, I love that hop fridge smell. I, I yeah, I had a, a bag of hops at home that I didn't ever plan on using. I used a little bit of it in, in a home brew, and the rest of it, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Because yeah. I didn't want to put any more in a home brew to you know mess up what I had going. 
So I just literally put them in my fridge and just let them sit there and just aerate the fridge. Yeah, why not? Oh, so every time I open that That's fridge, great. boom, you're you're in the mood for a good hoppy beer as soon as you open the fridge. It was so nice. Now, they've died off, but yeah, oh, yeah. I've since gotten rid of them. But So I think I've wonderful. said it before, but someone needs to make hop cologne. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to make hop cologne. Just saying, yeah. or a hop air fre- or car freshener. Yeah, that might oh, be I a bad. Yeah, that. that might be a bad idea. Get pulled over and just smell like hops. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's no alcohol, that's not true. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I have bought I some hop soaps and stuff before. Yeah, me too. But they never smell like hops. No, not really. Yeah, it's, it's just like hops were used, but it's not going to yeah. smell like hops. It'll soapy. Right. Yeah, and I do like that they get all of their malts from the U.S. Yeah, as as an ag cool. guy, I appreciate that they're buying local. They're at least yes. keeping it within the U.S. Good point. So that's that's kind of cool. I, I know there's a lot of breweries that use like local. Well, like that use like Maris Otter from like England or oh, you know some mm-hmm. sort. And that that might be the wrong malt, but they'll use like English malts or whatever, and that's fine. And those malts are great, and a lot of times they produce a really nice beer. But just the fact that they're keeping everything, at least in the U.S., is cool. Nice. And I know even some Pennsylvania breweries, there's a malter in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I think. I know about that. Crap, I forget what the name of it is. It's like Deer Creek or Deer something that they they will do some malting, and a lot of places get get malts from there, too, which is neat. Yeah. All right. So, because they focus on quality, it is also a reason why they do not distribute widely. Once a beer leaves the brewery, the forces act on that beer to destroy it, and they want to get the best product possible. So that's part of the reason why they don't distribute. Like I said, they care for their product from as soon as they get the ingredients the whole way through till you know, it goes over your lips. I'm also going to guess that a part of not distributing is they know they can sell their product themselves, mm-hmm. therefore more money. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. And less headache. More money, less headache. There and, you go. And less complaining that... You know, if a distributor keeps the beer for six months and it sits on a shelf, like, that's that's a problem. Yeah. But like they say, forces act upon a beer that seek to destroy right. it, and they want to be able to control as much of that as they can. Yeah. So. And, and that is another aspect of, you know, I know from time to time I'll say that I'm not big on, like, special beer releases where you have to go to the brewery and stand mm-hmm. in line and stuff. I mean, I'm fine that people like doing that. Like, yeah. if that's your thing, that's cool. But um, the the big positive that I know I don't, you know, recognize all that often is what's coming up, excuse me, what's coming up right now, Mm -hmm. which is their ability to control the quality of that beer and be like, here, this is super fresh. We kept it in the right conditions. Take care of it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that's a a big plus. A lot of times they'll even tell you, don't hold on to this. Drink it. Just drink it. Correct. So, yep. All right. So they also try to keep their products as consistent as possible. They're using new techniques and technologies to make this possible. So they're always kind of looking for ways to be able to create their product again and again so that it does taste the same. Um, You know, obviously, since they're still a a relatively smaller brewer, they're not going to be able to do that to the scale of like a AB InBev or even like a Sam Adams or anything like that. But they are still updating. They're still innovating. They're still trying to get some new stuff in. So I, I just thought it was pretty cool. If you don't keep innovating, yeah. you're gonna be left behind, especially in the craft beer industry. Yeah. If you're if you're not moving forward or standing still, you're gonna you're be left back. behind. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's and gonna pass you. There are a lot of breweries who've gotten stuck in that. Mm-hmm. And one of them I think is about to get saved. Which one? <laughs> Sam Adams. Oh yeah, from Dogfish. Well, Boston beer. I think yeah. that the merge 
with Dogfish and Boston beer is going to save Sam Adams, in my opinion. I, I think it's a. I think that was a good. It's a good marriage. On, yeah, yeah. Because dog, Dogfish is going to give Sam the innovation that they need. Sam's going to give Dogfish some extra distribution and cash, maybe some cash, maybe some you know access to ingredients that they that they yep. couldn't get. Yep. So I, who knows? And I think that those two, the one article that I saw said that they're that's going to give them a little bit more like clout to be able to like save other little breweries too. Oh yeah. From like ABN Bev. Yeah. So instead like of a, joining ABN Bev, join us and we can help you do this and you're not selling out. Yeah, kinda like when Oscar Blues bought Cigar City. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and people were like people heard Cigar City sold and they're like <gasps> and then they're like two Oscar Blues and people were like, Oh thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully there are more of those moments. Yeah. All right, you ready for this last one? I am very ready for this, especially because... This one I believe you're going to like a lot. It's dark. Yeah. So and this... Well, it, I mean, I am always super interested in trying beers that are against the grain of what people believe yeah. breweries mainly do. Yes. If you talk to people about Treehouse, they're always going to say, oh, they do New bomb. England IPAs, and then yep. that's it. So this excites me. Yeah. So this one is called Double Shot. Which ought to tell you at least a little something about coffee, the espresso, You'll specifically. S- guess maybe? we'll find out. Huh? This one it is, is dark. dark as the freaking night. I mean, you hold it up to light, nothing comes through. Okay, so that head even on the, it, even when the head you swirl is, it, is brown. Yeah, that is some of the darkest head I've seen on a stout, dude. It's like chocolate brown. The head is yeah, it's very brown. Yeah, it's like the same color as your shirt. Like it's yeah. it's pretty dark. Which I'm wearing a Founders KBS yeah. shirt. So. It's really really dark. Oh my gosh! What's the smell like? That nose is so good, dude. Oh man, that is coffee and chocolate oh, and roast. Geez. But there's a nice hop character on there too. There's a little caramel character in that, like yeah. a little caramely character, caramely or coffee that. or something. I feel like it smells a little woody as well, like oaky. Mm, I don't get that, but and I feel like there's a little bit of a of a like hop character on there. There's a decent bitterness in the nose. There's a little bit of yeah. like a pine and citrus together. I, I agree with the bitterness. Slow. But I can't tell if that's coming from the coffee or from a hop. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Oh, it smells beautiful though. Dude, it's it's smells, it smells complex. Like it doesn't smell yes. like just coffee. I hate when I get a beer yeah, that's no. just freaking coffee. And there's I don't like coffee, but I feel like there's a slight soy sauce in there. <laughs> that one's for Kelly, but I, it is in this beer. It's a little bit, there's a little chalkiness on the end of the nose, too, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Yeah. But, yeah, as you can tell, we're pulling out a lot of different stuff. It's very layered, mm-hmm. but the layers don't, like, when you smell it, it doesn't stay consistent. It's not like, first you smell this, then you smell this every single time. It's something different. Yeah, it's, which always intrigues me with beers. I really like yeah. that. All right, let's give this a try. I'm curious now. Everything's harmonious in the smell, too. It's sticking to the glass nice, too. Oh, it's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Ooh, you do get a little coffee, but it is well balanced out with malt and with sweet and with actually a little bit of bitter on the end of it too. That is balanced out very nicely in that beer. And I do get some of that caramely that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, there's a slight raisin note (laughs) on the finish, which I'm assuming is because it's, Probably on the higher ABV end. There's a little burn in my throat, that's for sure. So this would this would indicate to me ten or more on the ABV. It's not. It is not. Well, that's a, 
Yeah. Possibly problematic. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's okay. I think it's appropriate for what it is. Because with this beer, if, if I didn't have a little bit of that, I'd be a little disappointed. Is... Okay, this may sound just, like, really out there and weird, so let me know what you think. Is there a slight cola note in this <laughs> beer? Okay. I Yeah, I'll give you that. It's kind of weird. I don't hate it, but it's weird. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's it's at that end with that raisiny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like cola. Yeah. The chocolate is very soft, and it's like a milk chocolate. It's not like a dark mm-hmm. chocolate. I am getting that soy sauce. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there's, in this beer. It, it's a yeah. lot. Yeah, I got the chocolate more like on that first initial upfront taste. I got a lot of the chocolate. The more I sip at it, the less chocolate I get out of it. But it's still pretty good. I enjoy that. So ABV-wise, like the, my perception of the ABV <laughs> in this, it's not something I can do a lot of. I have to sip it. Mm-hmm. But body-wise... It's nice. And flavor-wise, yeah. it's a lot easier than I would think it's going to be. So I think those things kind of um, balance each other out a little bit to make it relatively easy to drink. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, so the double shot is an American stout coming in at 7.6% ABV. Are you kidding? No, <laughs> that's, okay. That's what it said. Well, that's not good, though. Like, I, that's, I a, like that's a bad thing. No, I mean, I still like the beer, oh, okay. but I'm just saying it's a bad thing that it's that low ABV-wise, and it tastes like it's 10 or more. <laughs> because it does. It truly does. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it tastes like 10 or more, but it definitely tastes higher than 7.6. It really does. So, would, would you give me 9? I, I would, nine. yeah. I, I'd there say 8 go. or 9. Yeah. So It's good, though. I like it. These bottles represent the culmination of a coffee beer project nearly two years in the making. Double Shot, our beloved coffee stout, has been refined time and time again to achieve a beer that is both as robust in its base as it is a worthy purveyor of its respective coffee. We experience flavors and aromas of dark chocolate, caramel, there we go, milk chocolate, which you got hit right on the head. Uh, or milk chocolate covered espresso beans and a hint of citrusy like acid, which you got that too. You got a little yeah. bit of the, yep. the citrus in the smell. I think that's part of what's happening at the end to make it a little cola ish. Maybe that yeah. interacting with all the other flavors. Yeah. So the mouthfeel is a lo- is is a luxurious with a soft and velvety carbonation, which I would also agree with. It was yeah. pretty easy. Yeah. The mouthfeel is is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. It is, in our opinion, the result of what is possible with the careful selection of ingredients paired with a tentative brewing execution. We invite you to enjoy this bottle fresh and in our most beloved company. And in, in, in your most beloved company. That'd be you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so they do make a couple of variants of this as well. They make double shot, double shot with like a whole bunch of other different things in it. Um, like double shot with vanilla, double shot with whatever. And then, they also, then they also make like a triple shot. So Ooh. yeah, so they do a couple variations on this on this coffee stout. So I like it. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like it a lot. For me, for coffee beer, <laughs> the first few sips of it are kind of confusing, mm-hmm. just because there's a lot going on, especially in this setting where we're trying to pick things apart, mm-hmm. and that's part of the issue of it being. With all the flavors being so as harmonious as they are in the beer, it's hard to pick them apart mm-hmm. when you're trying to do that. So 
for me, it takes a while to, like, get into this beer and to, like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then I can enjoy it. So, I like it. It's good. I know you may notice that... Oh, do you have any inform, any more bleh, any more information? Nope, that was okay. it. I, I wanted to end with the beer. Okay, because I was going to say, you may notice that my cups are in a very weird... <laughs> weird geometric shape here. I'm I'm assuming that's your placings. That's my ordering. So I didn't want to take them out of order because our cups are numbered. So I wanted to be able to refer to the numbers because I don't necessarily remember the names of all of them. So I left them in that order, but then moved them forward and backwards to indicate to myself my ranking. So I got my ranking already. And I was working on that while you were doing stuff, so it might take a little bit for you to yeah. So why don't you yours figured? Why don't you go ahead and tell tell your rankings, and I'll kind of chime in as okay. to what what each number was. Got it. I, I remember some of them. Yeah, and that'll give me some time to organize mine. So Are you starting with your last place, or your first place. Uh, last. So I like to go last one first. Okay. So my last place, my number five, is the very green. That was okay. number four, right? The very green. Yes, very green okay. was number four. Still a good beer. I was just compared to all the other ones, I was less impressed as opposed to all the other stuff. Uh, my number two is the what's the what's the Pilsner called? Number one, the first one. That's the Trail Magic. Trail Magic. That's right. Trail Magic is my number four. Uh, my number three is what was number two? Uh, number seven. Two is seven. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So my number three is seven, which sounds weird, just two numbers. My number three is seven. Um, that's nice. I really like that. Um, my number two is the, what was the stout called? I'm sorry, the last one. Double shot. The double shot. There you go. Mm-hmm. Man, my attention is bad. Uh, yeah, so my number two is the double shot. Like I said, that's really nice. All the flavors are very well mixed and blended and so good. Mm-hmm. And my number one is number three, which is the... Super treat. Super treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like that a lot. Um, the vibrancy of the flavors in that, how they go together, the lightness of the body, but refreshing and tasty, and mm-hmm. it's just hitting me the right way. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the super treat and the double shot are very very close for that one spot. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like the super treat just inches out the double shot. Yeah. For me. All right. So I got mine. So my last is going to be, and keep in mind, last place in this competition is... Still good. Oh, Quite it's, good. It's still so, wonderful. Yeah. Is is going to be the Trail Magic. I'm just not a huge Pilsner person. Like, this one has a real good flavor. It's nice and bready, but still it has that, that weird, like, Pilsner-y flavor sure. on the end of it that so. I'm just not a huge fan of. And I, I got more of it as it warmed up, too. But like I said, I would drink the shit out of this beer, especially on a nice hot day. Um, this is one that I, I would definitely keep in the fridge with, yeah. with no problems. And I would drink this and enjoy this, you know. It's good. In a big can or a little can or whatever. So it is it is quite good. Uh, my number four is actually number four. It's the very green. Yeah. I, I'm with you. The very green was just a little more stringent than yep. what it sh- prob- maybe should have been. But yep. I still like that beer quite a bit. Uh, number three is going to be the double shot. And again, I'm just not a huge coffee person. The only reason that beer is even as high as it was is because of the just the layer after layer after layer of complexity mm-hmm. and flavor in that beer. That's one that I think Kelly's just going to freaking she's oh, going yeah. to chug it. Well, so. I think Rebecca's going to enjoy it too. Yeah. Yeah, I think the girls will like that a lot. 
Uh, my number two is going to be the Super Treat, and I agree yeah. with what you said. It kind of hits everything, just one right after the other. But my favorite was the Seven. The only reason I put the Seven over the Super Treat was because I like the mouthfeel better. Okay. I, I really it. like that. With a with yeah. a big New England-style IPA, I want that nice thick, that nice that nice velvety thick mouthfeel that you get from the oats and from the hops and from the malts and everything all together. Yeah. So that's why I put the seven as my number one, but all these beers were freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I liked them all. And apparently you did too, because you are out. <laughs> yeah. Just about, I'm, I'm stu- still going to finish the, uh, the double, double shot, shot here, yeah. but, um, that's not one you can just chug. No, no, no. So something I was thinking about when you brought up the the astringency mm-hmm. situation with the very green where we felt it's a little bit out of kilter. Um, and like I said, I feel like that is the case with the double shot, even though it still tastes really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, with like hazy IPAs, I feel like with the low bitterness, it increases the potential for things like that to happen where the astringency can get out of control. Because I feel like bitterness kind of brings mouth perception of astringency in check. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you feel that way? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And even with the very green, again, that it's real drying. So I think that does help with that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help, but it, it aids in that astringency, you know, perception. That is a good point. So and, I agree. And I'm not a huge drying out mouth feel fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's part of the reason why green was, you know, number four for me. But... Still a great beer. So I just finished all the beers except the double shot, and then I went back to that. Mm-hmm. And um, my perception of that, like that citrusy note, is more now. I don't know why, but I'm liking the fact that that's increased for me. It's coming off a little orangey, and I like it with uh, that. You've mentioned it before. The those chocolate oranges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's you're right. That's yeah, what I'm it's getting. Kind of that. But it's like it. it's not like the orange fruit. It's more of the orange zest. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. It, right. It's not with the, the bitterness. It's not the sweet orange. It's the it's like a yeah. little bit of bitter orange. Yeah. I, I'm agreed with that. So the way it's developing mm-hmm. as I continue to sip it is reminding me a bit of the Alchemist's Beelzebub. Oh yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a marriage between hoppy, like real nice hoppy beer, and real nice like serious stout mm-hmm. so anyway i say if this if this was if that double shot was barrel aged i know you're wearing a kbs shirt and that's probably why i thought of it but i would compare it to a kbs only better if this was barrel aged i would drink this over a kbs yeah yeah but mm-hmm. it's it's a good beer i think the smoothness of the beer it did, it's is that, one of the best things the complexity i love mm-hmm. that complexity just every sip is something a little different yeah it's really good so yeah Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Anytime. It's pretty exciting. I know my buddy, uh, Jason Ng, who does the Summer Villain Brewcast. If people haven't, I haven't talked about that in a while. People want to hear another cool beer podcast. It's not weekly. It's kind of like whenever they get a chance. Alex Rogers and uh, Jason Ng are friends, and they do a really cool beer podcast called Summer Villain Brewcast because they're in Somerville, Massachusetts. So, um, Jason, when I check into all these beers on Untapped, is probably going <laughs> to text me and be like, "Where did you get all that Treehouse?" Because he's a big Treehouse fan. Yeah, so I, I mean, I see why. Yeah. Um. Thank you. 
And yeah. who, I'm sorry, the name of the person who got these? We call him D.A. D.A. His, his name's Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. Okay. Did, would he want his last name out there? Uh, Donnie Allenbaugh. I, I, okay. I don't know if he does or not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Like Big said, shout every, out Everybody to just calls him D.A. D.A. And, and Matt for facilitating between me and yes, D.A. at the time, too. too. So. Was that the Matt who was on the podcast before? No, that's Holt. This, okay. This Holt. one's, this one's Matt. another Matt. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Yep. But thank you, guys. Holt's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I really like... I really like not having to do a whole lot of work. Uh, yes, it's... Yeah. <laughs> and I like the mystery aspect of it. Getting excited about... Like, what I got up be. this morning and I was just like, I don't know what this brewery's necessarily <laughs> going to be. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And then also, I have to admit, though, from Rebecca's perspective... It is not easy to sit here and listen to information when I just want to drink the next beer. Gives you a whole so, new appreciation, huh? Yeah. I'll have to re- let Rebecca know that I now feel her pain <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. So. But thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you very much, everyone. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me on. Yeah. And uh, we're uh, the next episode is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, and people will see why. It's um, It's been many years in the making in a way. Uh, literally and many then years many years in the making in a way and also many months waiting yeah, in another were, way and we i'll tell you why thing. yeah we were gonna do it down in virginia yeah so um yeah we'll talk more about it later yeah that's right but thanks everyone for checking it out until next time keep it brutal This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 